Hey everybody, it's Chris and Rick Talk Guitars. This is just one of our COVID check-ins. Chris and I have been busy with our respective jobs and and housework and pets, and so we haven't had a ton of time to do our our cool podcast. But we want to keep the train rolling. How you doing, Chris, over there? I'm doing good, thank you. Hanging in there, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's new? What do you What have you been up to, man? Oh, let's see. Um, you mean guitar-wise? Yeah, man. I I have a really bad case of pedal head, and I don't know what brought that on. I think it was we started with our delay episode, and then we talked about phase shifters or something. I went through and cleaned out my pedal closet and got batteries for all my pedals that didn't have batteries and cleaned things and, you know, kind of tested some out things out. And that sent me down a giant, like, rabbit hole of effects pedals. So... I've just been really into pedals for the last probably month or so. That's where, that, where all my guitar focus has been, is just geeking out on pedals. That's cool. I've been kind of going down that train, too, still still with the phasers, you know. I've got my eye on a couple of Mutron phasers online, you know, watching the, the bids. Um, and then just guitar books, like I was telling you. I mean, I, I need to dig up my old Tony Bacon guitar book, but I ordered you know, a couple of books online, History of Fender and some others. Like, I've, I've kind of seen these books, but I, I kind of want to own some of them just so I can be a little more astute at uh, with regard to the history of these brands and things like that. I mean, most of it's through osmosis that I've learned. But uh, and then also I've just playing I've been playing the heck out of my V, dude. It's that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's my main guitar now. And I just uh, pick it up. I kind of I kind of did a little setup on it myself, and it it kind of worked pretty well. But yeah, I'm I'm digging it, man. Are you are you still uh, digging the Paul or or are you, I know you were playing your Strat a lot, which is totally cool. Yeah, I kind of I went through a Strat phase where I was doing like some recording, some soundtracky recording stuff, and the Strat was working really well for that. So I got I was pretty much playing that pretty regularly, and then. I saw some, I was watching some Bill Frizzell videos, which is always so inspiring for me. And that sent me running to my Telecaster. So I played that for a couple of weeks pretty straight. And then, you know, I just got back to the Gibson sound again. I've been playing the Paul and also my um, my standard a little bit. So I haven't really been glued to any one guitar, but I'm kind of... Just watched some more Bill Frizzell videos yesterday, so I think I'm going to probably be back in Tellyville for a while again. He has such great sounds he gets out of a Telecaster. It just can't help but make me want to play the Telecaster when I listen to him. That's oh, so cool. man. He's he's an amazing player, yeah. I saw, he- him, I saw him live down at Emerald City Guitars like many years ago when, when they were doing those live shows there, and he, he was just mesmerizing. I mean, I love that guy's playing. And you're right, that he gets really cool tones out of out of his guitars yeah i love bill Brazil. No, he's, um, he's such a feel player and i'm a really a feel player too but where he just like eon surpasses me is his like his knowledge musical knowledge he does these great instrumentals and he's just you know he's so knowledgeable about you know music theory and things like that but he's still a hundred percent a feel player so he's like you know he's got the feel but he's also got that you know, that knowledge of where he's going. So it's just, it is, it's mesmerizing. We played with him years ago. Like there was some benefit where there were a bunch of bands and our band was on it. And that was the one thing that just blew me away. It was the first time I'd seen him live. So great. So anytime looking for, you know, 
doing some like instrumental type stuff. I just pull up a few of his videos and he sends me running right down that like, all right, get the Telecaster and get these really cool delayed tones and, you know, play this atmospheric stuff. Love Bill Frizzell. Yeah, that's so cool that you shared a bill with him, man. That's insane. Um, yeah, he's like you say, I mean, he's steeped in, uh, I think, musical theory and he's a jazz guy. But that's the thing I take away from him, too, is he's just so, so much of a field player. And also, like, he plays really weird gear. Like, I've seen him play just weird off brand guitars or, or cheaper guitars. And he's got kind of this eclectic collection of pedals. Like, you know, now you're in pedal, pedal head. So, um, but it's cool that you're kind of starting to do some of that stuff yourself, this instrumental stuff that, uh, that he's very known for. Um, but I think that's cool that you're doing that now too. Um, I'm trying to get into that. I haven't really delved into it much, but I, I kind of have a couple ideas I want to try in that, uh, in that respect. It's trickier than you think. I mean, it's like, well, I'm just doing instrumental. I just, you know, put like a swell as a background and do some stuff. And that worked for me for a while. And I got a few things off of that, but then I start repeating myself and kind of get stuck. And that's another reason why it sent me down in, in pedal head, because I listening to him and other things, it's, I've never really explored like longer delays. So that's one thing I've been focusing on too, is kind of like figuring out how to work longer delay times into my playing because I've always, you know, used like a, a nice slap back that's kind of murky and warm and just add some body to the guitar. And I've never really explored, you know, getting longer delays in there and how to play over top of that and have everything work. And he does that really well too. I mean, he plays over loops. I've been exploring a little bit of looping and trying to work that in. So yeah, I mean, he sent me down probably the biggest rabbit hole of pedal head so far. <clears throat> that's so cool yeah i think that's really cool and it's cool that we kind of stumbled on this topic because um yeah he's he's one of my favorite players and it ties nicely into kind of your headspace these days with pedals and all that stuff and same with me i mean i've kind of expanded my thinking in terms of pedals and like like i was saying phasers especially i'm kind of i'm still in that rabbit hole just because uh that small stone is is so inspiring to play through and yeah i've my playing's kind of shifted a little bit because of that so i, I think it's really cool that that kind of influence and that kind of inspiration because i just i just never really delved into it much uh, but and then yeah i've just been uh i i bought that book a while i think i told you this at the beginning of the pandemic i bought this maintenance book um by some dude that's a tech you know a prominent tech with big acts and and it's kind of cool because it's just simple setup stuff and simple repair stuff. But I've always been wanting to get into that more too, which is just do more stuff on my guitars myself. You know, if I can, um, it's a little daunting, the truss rod stuff, but, um, you know, <laughs> just approach it gingerly and hopefully I won't screw up my neck. One thing that occurred to me, it's going to be a really long time before guitar players are able to play live. I yeah. think, especially in clubs and whatnot. So that's kind of another reason for me getting into pedal head and instrumental land is I'm going to have to be able to amuse myself on the guitar for quite a while. So I'm thinking, you know, the, it'd be kind of empowering to find out how to play by yourself via loops, longer delays, whatever. So you can kind of entertain yourself and kind of get that essence of like jamming or you know doing something live because it's going to be such a long time before 
you know, guitar players are going to be able to play live. I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's another interesting thing that I've been uh, noticing as well. It's like this this is going to be a long haul. And all our musician friends or people that I know that I've met over the years, it's cool because they're putting on, you know, they're creating these videos and putting them online, you know, and it's it's really kind of cool. And another interesting thing are these, uh, you know, live shows that bands are putting on and just broadcasting to everybody online. It's it's an interesting thing that to see how this pandemic is affecting everything. I don't you know, but for you and I musicians, it's interesting to see how it's affecting music. And that's another thing I've been, I'm trying to do. I started doing those videos and then I, I knocked off, but I, I kind of want to do the same thing where maybe I can put together some kind of cool instrumental stuff or even just songs uh, and present them in a cool, interesting way online. But um, yeah, I've been consuming a lot of that stuff, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of interesting to see how that's changed. You're right. I mean, we're not going to be playing live in clubs for a long time and, and, or, or live shows for a while. And, uh, it's just interesting to see how it's forcing people to uh, get creative with this stuff. Yeah, I mean, and there's a fine line between, you know, exploring different ways to, you know, kind of get the essence of like playing music with other people or just kind of entertaining yourself since you can't really play with other people and just like completely nerding out and just like playing with buttons. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you know, I mentioned I wanted to get into longer delays and now my guitar sessions. I have to be very careful or I'm just like hitting chords or notes and counting the delays and, you know, doing all this bullshit instead of like actually making music. So there's always that I have to grapple with. Right. Yeah. You got to get to the music, man. You just got to let it flow. Come on now. I know. I mean, I got to record some more stuff. I mean, I I probably this weekend, I'll probably start trying to get a few more little instrumental bits going now that I've explored some delays and i think i might need a new loop pedal unfortunately because i've got a really short one in this older uh, that I have. really what's the deal with your uh let's make it kind of a clicking noise and it's just not long enough to do some of the things i want to do so that's another thing i've been looking at is do i want to get a another loop pedal i don't want to use it for like practice or you know or making like straight chords to play over or you know i want to do it just like weird ambient crap so i need to find one that's good for that i probably you have your eye on any pedals that that might do the trick no but it's if i do it's going to be something cheap that is solid <laughs> that's all i need something cheap that won't break i mean i hear those um those diddle loopers are notorious for the switches breaking on, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm still, I just started doing that and I'm going to see if maybe I can fix the looper that I have that um, has served me well for a while, but it's a really short loop time. It's like, you know, a second or something like that. And it'd be nice to have a little bit longer time. What do you have now? What's the pedal? The looper? This old, Digitech Digidelay that um, I saved from the landfill because it had a bad switch. So I kind of fixed that. And it has a few cool things on it that I keep it around for. It's got like a cool reverse delay. And it does have that loop setting. It's But it's really short. And what it started doing is when you hold, when you hit the switch to record the loop, when the loop stops, there's a clicking noise that it gets. It used to do it once, every, you know, every once in a while. Now it's pretty consistently doing that, so it ruins the loop. So I got to look at that. Yeah. Well, how about you? Have you ever have you ever considered getting a looper pedal or playing with a looper pedal? 
Yeah, I'm I'm considering that, and I've heard I've heard the the uh, line six one is cool, um, and so I, I'm going to look into that. But yeah, I, I've been thinking the same thing. Is for a long time I've been, you know, I've been seeing people who've been doing that, and I've I've seen them do some really cool things. And so I, I yeah, I think it'd be kind of fun to just try to do the one man band thing, and like you're saying, maybe try to do it a little non traditionally or or find a unique way to do it, but. Uh, I think I think there's lots of potential there. So yeah, I've been toying with that idea too. So probably you know that's probably going to be one of my one of my purchases coming up is some kind of looper pedal. Are you talking a Line Six DL Four? Is that the one you're talking about? Uh, I'm not sure about the model, but like you know, like I was saying, I was watching that dude um, Tom Bukovac. He I think he's got a Line Six looper, and he he can get long patches of yeah. you know of backing tracks and stuff like that so it, that might be the one it's it if that's probably the most common it's, one it's pretty widely used that came out in the like 99 or something late 90s or early 2000s but that's the one that bill frizzell uses ah, cool. kind of very unique and it's in the loop it has it the reason i'm not really into it so much is it's so big it's oh. it's it takes up like three pedal spaces and that too can have some switch issues there's a lot of people online like there's a lot of resources online for changing the switches in those so i break but it's hugely popular and it's fairly unique and a lot of like really good people like dig that thing and there might be a bit of a learning curve and i forget what it is about the looping system in that that is very unique i think it kind of fades out the loop in a way that's different than a lot of loopers but it's definitely pretty cool that would be i mean if you got that that would be like that would occupy your time probably for the rest of the pandemic figuring that <laughs> There's a shit ton of cool delays, like models on there too, I guess. Oh, okay. Oh, so there's effects in there too, as well as the looper. Yeah, if it's the yeah. one, if it's a DL4, uh, I don't know if they make other ones or I don't yeah. know. So you haven't seen any that, that have caught your eye? Or are you still in the initial phases of like discovery? Initial phases of discovery, and I and I just pretty much ruled out the Diddle Looper, which is hugely popular and is very reasonably priced, just because I don't trust those switches on there. Yeah, and, you know, there's a Bosch that's relatively around the same price that has a better, more robust switch system. But you know, I kind of would like to have two switches for like start and stop. But I don't know if I'm going to go that get that involved. Really, right now, just something to create some. You know, some kind of wash or swells or just something in the background that I can play over, you know, that's longer nice. than the one I have now. That's my criteria. Nice. Yeah, well, I think that's a cool way to uh, – I, I think it's cool that you've kind of started to get into that, the instrumental stuff. The stuff I've heard you do so far has been really cool. Oh, thanks. It's it's really weird because I used to take my gear up, an amp and my pedal board up to my, my wife's gallery when she would have openings and I'd play for like an hour and a half straight and not even think about anything. And, you know, I could just play continuously and never run out of ideas and just keep it flowing. But as soon as you turn the recorder on and you try to do it's like it just becomes too structured. So you're like, oh, that's something I just played. I can't. And you just start like tearing everything out. I mean, I got like four or five things so far and I'm kind of stuck. So it's like trying to find a, like you mentioned is finding that creative angle that kind of gets you inspired and kind of chasing that and finding a way to do it. And, you know, if you can find the right creative angle and kicks up that little spark, you'll get like four or five things before that one hits a brick wall again. So I'm looking for the next little spark to, 
to get some more shit, hopefully. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the thing I was noticing when I was doing my just my little diddly recordings is is once that <laughs> it's so strange like yeah you can play for hours with, with and and it it seems kind of cool and you you don't exhaust your ideas but once that record button is pressed it's like you feel pressure to like come up with this genius <laughs> shit all at once so i got to get over that i got to get over the red light um you know whatever they call it the red light fever or whatever and just you know yes it's recording maybe the thing to do too is just to just you know it's just to say, screw it. I'm going to record for you know an, an hour or whatever, just a long period of time, and then something will come, I guess. Yeah, it's like that. As soon as it becomes structured, if you're just going for like some sort of improvisational thing, as soon as it becomes yeah. structured, you start thinking A to B with something you know in the middle, and you just <sighs> run out of gas and you just start overthinking. So that's a good idea to just you yeah. know let. I mean, recording a um, digital. Recording is cheap, so you can let it run for an hour and then go back and, you know, edit things out and make something compelling. But, yeah, I mean, I, the same way. As soon as I start recording, I start thinking, well, here I'm going, here, here I'm going there. It's like you just got to let it flow, man. <laughs> yeah, amen, because I get into that headspace, too, thinking too much about it. Just That's the thing. you got to forget that the, the recorder's on and just play. Yeah, but I, I get into that, that headspace, which sucks. But well, cool, man. Um, what else are you doing? Anything else? Any guitar purchases? On, or are you coveting any pieces of gear other than uh, pedals? Not really. I did get a delay. I got when I mentioned I was looking for longer delays, so I picked up one of those um, those crazy Boss RC twenty like Space Echo emulators, and it's pretty cool. I mean, I think we talked in our delay episode that I used to have. Uh, uh, Roland 201 Space Echo. I had it on loan from a friend for, you know, probably six, eight months, maybe even longer. So I got to know it quite well. And, you know, when, I, when my mind started thinking about longer delays, I was thinking about that thing, even though it didn't have super long delays, but just the sound of that thing. So I kind of was like, I'd love to have one of those again because it was so cool sounding. So I started looking around at like tape. Well, first of all, I looked at, you know, what is a space echo going for in 2020? And it's it's going for exactly too much money that I could <laughs> afford to spend tape echo. So I started looking at alternates that will get you in the ballpark. And there are some good ones out there. But this one, for some reason, I think struck me as a, I'm going to give this a whirl because I trust Boss, and, you know, everybody seemed to like it, and the, the clip sounded good. And when I got it, it kind of surpassed my expectations for, you know, I expected it to sound cool, and, you know, but I didn't expect it to nail the 201, and it doesn't, for me, anyway. There's something about tape, that when you hear a guitar on tape, it's just, you can't match that. There's just something about the fidelity, the warmth, and everything that comes off of, like, tape especially quarter inch tape or larger that you just i mean you can't but the thing i like about the re20 is it's like having like three or four vintage you know analog delays in one little box with really easy controls that are very analog feeling so it's had it has a lot of great sounds in it i just don't think that it, i it just doesn't have the the fundamental sound of the of the space echo as i remember it but it's Super cool. And as I say, it surpassed my expectations. I expected to be a solid, you know, delay that would be maybe like a warm 
digital delay, and it's that, but it's a lot more. I mean, it's got a really crappy reverb that sounds great if you mix it with the right kind of delay. It, it kind of evokes, the, I don't know if you've ever played with those old, really cheesy tape cartridge echoes of like the 70s, like the Univox EC100. They're just like tape echoes, but they're in a little cheap cartridge, and they're really funky sounding. It kind of nails that. Um, a little bit. And I've also have experience with like the green MXR, like AC powered delay of the seventies. It's got a lot of that kind of vibe to it. Just really cool, long ish, you know, delays that are really warm sounding. So I like it. It was a cool, smart purchase. I think. I love it that it kind of exceeded your expectations. I mean, like you're saying, it didn't nail a certain thing, but it, it does it satisfies in many other ways. And that, that's what I look for too. It's like, I mean, many years ago I had a, a, a synthesizer that, wow. it, you know, it had, it had strings, right. But they didn't sound like strings, but it sounded cool enough. You knew it wasn't strings, but it sounded cool enough that it was usable. That's what I like, especially with synthesizers, man. It's like, or, or anything that produces a sound that isn't like organic, you know, as long as it's a cool sound, I, I don't care, you know, but yeah. I think that's cool that it exceeded your expectations. I've been, I've been on that kick. Um, you and I've been talking about uh, Music Master basses, um, and yeah. my buddy Jim has that Music Master bass that I prob- might pull the trigger on because it's so freaking cool. It's uh, it's just really cool. I've been playing it uh, like I've I've gone out to his place a couple times and social distanced and masked and all that stuff, but. Um, uh, it's just such a cool bass, man. It's that short scale and yeah, you uh, yeah. I'm kind of digging that. So that's been my kind of fixation, not fixation, but that's that, of, of any gear lately that I've been coveting. It's been that just because I want to have my own little setup, right, where I can record. I have a bass, a guitar, and then I can do drum loops or whatever. Um, but so I've been kind of really checking that thing out, and I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if I if I'm brave enough to pull the trigger on it, but I probably will. You should, because you have the Music Master Bass amp, two of them, and you need a complete <laughs> package. So I'm, I'm encouraging that purchase. That's true. If nothing else, I just need to complete that package, yeah. Right. Uh, the bass sandwiched between two Music Master Bass amps. That and would be cool. A guitar, the Music Master guitar, too. So. <laughs> I think you sent me uh, some links to some of the guitars didn't you uh, probably i think you did i'll have to check yeah that would be cool they're just they're just cool pieces of gear i don't know yeah i'll probably do that but other than that yeah i mean like i said maybe i've been checking out mutron phasers i might get one of those um but uh yeah just focusing on on maybe some instrumental playing and and getting into different headspaces that way i I think uh, you've been inspiring me to do that and then just like like i've been saying i've been seeing all these videos online since the pandemic of these musicians that are holed up in their homes and just they still need to play and and uh, it's kind of cool actually it's kind of cool that people are still plugging along and saying okay well you know i had all these gigs booked but now i'm just gonna have to do this these video things and that'll satisfy you know my creative urges and connecting with other people, you know, I have to. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, I think a Sweetwater reverb are probably doing pretty, pretty good during these times. 
I mean, that's probably like the lifeline for a lot of people. Like I need to find some way not to go crazy. You know, sometimes you have to buy something. I mean, we're, this is the USA. We're consumers <laughs> buy stuff, but yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, it's good to connect with you again, man. And, and, and let's keep connecting and let's uh, keep this train rolling. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have new gear to talk about and, and new musical things to talk about uh, as we make our way through this strange time. So until next time, man, talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>